0: Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is Apologetics for the Average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident podcast. This is Dr. Mark Farnham. And in this episode, we're picking up in Romans 1, talking about how the unbeliever suppresses the truth of God that he knows. And in this episode, we're going to begin to talk about the consequences of that suppression for the heart and mind of the unbeliever. Every action has consequences, and sometimes we don't know what the consequences of a choice will be, or we wouldn't make it. Sometimes we know the consequences of an action, know that we don't want to face the consequences, yet choose the action anyways. This misplaced hope is that somehow we can avoid the consequences while still doing what we want to do. And this is certainly true of the majority of people in this world who reject the knowledge of God by suppressing the truth. They do not believe that they will experience what God says will happen. And this is a universal experience It traces It's beginning to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God warned them ahead of time what would happen if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yet Adam and Eve were convinced, thanks to the serpent, that they could avoid the death that God had promised would come to them if they ate the fruit. So suppressing the knowledge of God has serious spiritual, intellectual, social, and physical consequences. Previously, we talked in Romans 1 about how all unbelievers suppress the truth of God, and they do it in a myriad of ways. But here we want to pick up from Romans 1 and talk about what happens as a result of that suppression. Again, as a reminder, we're told in Romans 1.21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. So the idea there is that as people suppress the truth of God, something happens to them. This is a very powerful and important lesson. First of all, suppression leads to self-deception. Romans 1 tells us that the unbeliever suppresses what is clear and obvious to him. And when a person denies reality long enough, he'll be unable to tell when he's wrong. The brain's elasticity combined with the heart's depravity can make it such that an unbeliever can thoroughly convince himself that he does not know God. This is how we get atheists and agnostics who claim not to know or uh, to believe in fact that God doesn't exist when in fact they do know that he exists. This is the most blatant form of self-deception possible. The implanted knowledge of God that is reinforced by the testimony of the created order is so clear, we're told in Romans 1, that to deny it is to jeopardize your ability to think clearly. This is exactly what we see described in Ephesians 4, 17-19. In this passage, we're told that the minds of unbelievers are worthless when it comes to understanding spiritual truth. That is, this passage is telling us that the unbelievers' understanding of spiritual truth is darkened, so they cannot see clearly the true nature of themselves or God's gift of salvation. It also says they're estranged from the life that God gives, so they dwell in spiritual death. What's the cause of all this? It's the hardness of their hearts, and that has produced ignorance in them. The word ignorance in Greek is simply the opposite of knowledge. It's literally without knowledge. That is, as the unbeliever hardens his heart against the truth of God he knows, the result is a withdrawal or withholding of knowledge. The punishment for rejecting the truth is the inability to come to know the truth. The more a person rejects the truth that God reveals, the more God withholds his ability to understand what he has revealed. So self-deception is a deadly consequence to the soul. One of my favorite authors, George Orwell, authored the dystopian novel 1984, which is about a future world of tyrannical government control that demands complete mental adherence to dogma, even when a person knows it not to be true. When Orwell wrote the book in 1948, he foresaw the devastating effects of state-controlled lies and the impact it would have on the minds and hearts of those who force themselves to believe lies to survive. Elsewhere, he wrote this, quote, We are all capable of believing things which we know to be untrue, and then when we are finally proved wrong, impudently twisting the facts so as to show that we were right. Intellectually, it's possible to carry on this process for an indefinite time. The only check on it is that sooner or later a false belief bumps up against solid reality, usually on a battlefield, unquote. This solid reality is the world in which the unbeliever finds himself. He'll suppress the truth to his own destruction. So when we engage unbelievers with the gospel, we do so knowing that each person deceives himself in some way and to some degree in order to deny the knowledge of God in a world that testifies of his existence and attributes every day. So as you are engaging unbelievers, realize that They are rejecting the truth and they are deceiving themselves, pretending that they don't know that they're guilty before God, pretending that they are unaware of God's holiness and their need for atonement. And yet that is simply a cover-up that is simply self-deception. And we need to see through that and encourage them to see the truth. I hope this has helped provide insight into how to engage unbelievers effectively, and we'll pick up next time and continue talking about the consequences of suppression. May God bless you. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church, or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.